we're back. This is the RCC podcast. This is part two of our community series. We're talking about how do we do community? How do we do life together in the midst of a pandemic? (laughs) This time we're going to focus on small groups. But first I want to introduce the people who are in the room with me. I'm going to start to my left, James Walden, lead pastor of Riverside Community Church. James? Uh, yeah, you said everything. So my first th- <laughs> I just gave your title. You can say okay. whatever you want. Okay. So and we're uh, and I want to ask you this question. Okay. Everybody answer this question. What have you found encouraging? And can think today, the last week. What what's been encouraging to you? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I think there's been a number of things on the personal front, family front, and ministry front. I would say in the ministry front, I've been I have been encouraged by. You know, our small group has been meeting virtually now for two weeks in a row uh, through Zoom. And um, it seems like folks are eager to connect, and that's been cool. Um, Eager to check in and pray for each other um, and and do what we can. Like, for instance, Will's birthday was was the Mm -hmm. other day. And um, Hammond, I think it was, I think it was Hammond. Uh, had like this set up this parade where they would because people that had birthdays that day would just drive around the neighborhood because we're, we're right Caleb Balderson shared that yeah yeah absolutely. we're right next door to Hammond mm-hmm. so that's why that connection and so um, but like it was cool like Jermaine like kind of was who's in our small group she kind of like I want to be there she ended up not being able to because of stuff going on with the kids uh, with her kids um, but then um, Mariah Evans came like she was like the caboose she was like She's like an hour late, but that's okay. She did a great. She brought her girls, and they had like a sign. They had like this little uh, confetti and stuff that they had on the side oh, of their wow. van. Happy birthday, Will. Like, it was really cool to see, like, not just on Zoom calls, but trying to go out of our ways to connect with each other has been encouraging. You know what's funny? As I saw, James and I live in the same neighborhood. I saw a van driving through the neighborhood today with a happy birthday banner down the side of it. Mm. And I was like, oh, I wonder who that's for. And I just realized it was probably one of the, maybe one of the vans. Could have been. Who did the drive-by? I think by they're doing it. Up. They're doing it like every day, right? Like mm. a parade birthday thing. I don't know. That's neat. That is super encouraging. That's really encouraging. Well, I'm uh, Landon Jones, the executive pastor at Riverside, and um, I think one of the things that's really encouraged me, uh, one of my main roles, is to help lead our staff team. I've been super encouraged to see all of the uh, creativity. Uh, how we've kind of we've pivoted very very quickly in trying to figure out what are our roles during this time. Um, and just seeing, you know, Stephen Justice kind of own his role with operations. Jay Will's kind of taken over some more social media content. Um, Which has know. never been more important. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, we need someone who's really good with social media and has experience. Hmm, he's sitting in the room. Um, but just, that's been really encouraging to me. It's kind of a larger thing that's encouraging me. It's just a lot of the create creative ways I'm seeing people try to connect with each other and get you know, content out now we don't need a lot more content, but at least particularly for our church, whether it be our staff or others, people interacting and just kind of going, Hey, if it's going to have to be this way, let's dive into interacting in different ways. That's been encouraging. And and lastly, on that note is I've really enjoyed the Q and A's after the service. Yes. It's been so much fun. I think we should keep doing them. Remember forever. we tried and no one came. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's on you Riverside. No, just kidding. But you didn't have an awesome host like me. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Hey, That's this true. is Jay will. Um, I'm the church plant resident at Riverside and also the pastor of city of refuge, uh, new church that we're planting in this in a pandemic we'll talk about that <laughs> another day yeah that's uh, our next episode <laughs> but um one thing i've been really encouraged by is 
my small group gets together on Tuesday, but we're, my guys are still getting together on Saturday morning. We're still calling in, getting together on Zoom and um, Google Hangout. And just seeing these guys um, engaged in discipleship and seeing how they're trying to engage their neighbors, how they're trying to engage their families and uh, kind of modeling that before my son. He's super excited when he knows that people are going to be on Zoom or on Google because he wants to jump in the room and say, hey, hey. So he gets up early because he knows I'm up and he comes first thing and run in front of the computer to see everybody's face. Um, But it's it's been really encouraging that my son uh, missed community and Mm. he likes this, Mm. but also that my people are just being resilient. They're stepping up and they're... um, and and one of the things I've been really pushing them towards is, hey, how do you take care of your neighbor? And every day they're coming back and say, hey, I'm praying for this neighbor. I got to have a conversation with this neighbor, um, and they're knowing what's going on around them. So I've, I've been really encouraged by that. Man, that is encouraging. My name is Josh Parks. I'm one of the lay elders at Riverside. Uh, I've been encouraged by a couple of things. My small group has been encouraging. We've been uh, texting every day. Um, one of it turns out that one of my small group members is like. Um, is a meme fan as I am. And she's been sending (laughs) Krista. AG has been sending hilarious memes to the small group every day, mostly about homeschooling our kids um, and how crazy and hard that is. But, uh, which has been funny. Uh, We've, we had guys night the other night and that was really, uh, really encouraging to do it over zoom. (laughs) It was even, even as weird as that was, it was really encouraging. But then this happened the other night, uh, Jonathan Pruitt in our small group texted and, uh, went on a sonic run and picked up milkshakes and dropped them off on our front porch. That is and awesome. so we came out on our front porch to, to a peanut butter milkshake, which was delicious. <laughs> that's great. And that's so you know, that's classic, that's Pruitt, community classic Pruitt. Right. Yeah. Know, Jonathan totally, is a superstar of yeah. this kind yeah. of community. You know, we totally could have done that before the pandemic. Come on, where's my milkshake hat? Yeah, he and and um, he, I mean that's the, totally the type of thing he would have done before yeah, the pandemic, right. and he's continued but to do in the middle, midst of it. Kind of that creativity. Yeah, like it's something weird. It's like a lot of the things we're doing, we could have been doing. You know, I don't know what what it is about that, but I love at least from the people that I I know, I see, I've seen that creativity. It's yeah. awesome. And we can talk a little bit more about that tonight as we really dive into this is how can we be creative and use what's available to us, the tools available to us to stay united and together and in each other's lives in the midst of a pandemic. So I want to I want to start with the question of um, what what struggles does this create? I mean, they may be obvious, but I don't want to just skip over what what's hard about being in each other's lives in the midst of this. Um, and I'll, and I'll actually start here because for me, I'll be honest, being at home all day with my kids and with my wife, it's been fun. There have been some parts of it that I really love, but it's hard for me to stay focused on my community and my small group um, in this moment when I have so many other things going on. Um, I have, I have my, I cooked dinner tonight. I was, I homeschooled my, my, my six year old son, Ren for part of the day today. Giving you the hunger game sign. (laughs) I feel you, bro. That's right. So many people are struggling through. What does it look like to homeschool? And teachers have never been more appreciated. That's right. (laughs) We love you so much. (laughs) And so in the midst of that craziness of being home all day, it feels like the day goes by fast and it's Mm -hmm. gone. And I look down and it's nine o'clock and I haven't texted to check on my community. I haven't Mm -hmm. um, been 
present with them because I've been so focused on just keeping things together at home yeah. right now. And so the the busyness that it's created in my life with my kids around all day, it's not only hurt my work and my ability to get stuff done in my job, but it's also hurt, I think in some ways, my ability to be present with other people and to be focused on what's happening outside the four walls of my home. Yeah, I think I agree. That's probably one of the biggest struggles right now is I think there's a lot of excitement and creativity in some circles. We're kind of in a honeymoon phase. Mm -hmm. I know the the elders have been uh, talking through uh, something our denomination gave us uh, kind of a what to expect in a crisis. You kind of have like the initial impact. You go really low. Then you got to come up into a honeymoon phase. I think we're I think for some are still in that. I think one of the challenges right now in even a honeymoon-ish phase where it's kind of excitement and we're all doing creative things and sharing memes like crazy, who knows what it'll be like in June or July. Yeah. It takes an incredible amount of energy and intentionality. It's one of the things I, I, I'm kind of end each day feeling guilty like, man, I didn't pray for that person. I didn't do that thing. I feel this hyper-awareness that I've got to be more connected and present than ever. And it takes a higher amount of intentionality than just, Hey, I know I'll see them Sunday and can put my hand on them. We talked about that last podcast, but also like for small group or whatever it is. I mean, one of the things I was hoping to do during the season was launch a missional small group with another couple in the church where we really wouldn't be receiving new people in, but we kind of going after our neighbors. And I feel like every time I make traction with kind of going after my unbelieving neighbors, something terrible, uh, Something terrible personally hit my life, but this time it's been kind of a more of a general terrible thing, and I barely have gotten to connect with them. I got to connect with them the other day. They stood in the street. But I think that's one of the things that's been a struggle for me is the high amount of intentionality it takes, and I just can't do it all. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know for me, one of the big struggles is um, we really try to figure out how to engage each other's children and disciple each other's children, and right now... Um, doing the zoom is more of trying to keep the kids quiet in the back. So we can yeah. at least have a conversation. <laughs> at least you can blur them out yeah. with some funny background. Our yeah. zoum conversation starts at eight thirty. Guess why? <laughs> so the kids could go to yeah, bed. That's right. That's yeah. Right. We have, uh, you know, my son is eight. I have a 14 year old. And then in our group, we have a 10 year old, um, and a three year old. So, the three-year-old, she, you know, she's just running, running around. You're just hearing the parents mute, mute, mute. Uh, but it's hard for us to engage each other's children and disciple each other's children um, and be in each other's children's lives. You know, um, the kids actually look forward to seeing each other and seeing us. And this is that's not happening right now. Small group is what my kids miss more than anything, mm. even more than school, mm. which surprised me. Yeah, I, can, I I assume that they would be really, you know, when do I get to go see my teacher again? When do I get to see my classmates? The number one question I get from my kids right now is, when are we going to get a hangout small mm. group again? Wow. Yeah. If we don't get, if if we're here stuck at our house for another month, does that mean no small group? Mm. And they love their small group friends, yeah. and they love that time, and that's the thing that they've missed mm. the most. Yeah. Wow, well, that's you know that brings up a really important point um, for us. You know, if you're part of Riverside, you kind of know like, oh yeah, we're a church of small groups. It makes a lot of sense what we're talking about. Uh, but maybe you're listening from elsewhere or or maybe you're kind of newer to Riverside or maybe you need a refresh. Um, it's a really, really big deal for us. Yes. Like it's, we, we talked about in the last podcast, kind of our corporate gathering, which is a very big deal, but it's also a very big deal that we gather in smaller communities. And I'd like to throw it at James who um, wrote the philosophy of Riverside many year ago. Um, James, why, 
Why were you convinced that uh, small groups, uh, not just being kind of a strategy, but like the primary strategy of community of the church? We'd love to hear a little bit about that so then we could kind of take it like, what, what, how do we do this during this time? Yeah, um, that's a good question. And I, you know, to, and kind of along the lines of answering it, it wasn't my unique idea. I mean, it really was the small group that was our core team. Mm. It was mm. their idea. And I think we all agreed in the New Testament teaching, the hundred so on, so odd uh, one another's that are th- scattered through the New Testament. Um, we realized and recognized that those have to be lived out in real flesh and blood community that you can't pull off simply on a Sunday morning gathering. Sunday morning gatherings are precious, as we talked about before, and and absolutely crucial. But they're not enough. <clears throat> you know, the Sunday morning pulpit is great for the ministry of the word. It's vital to the ministry of the word. It, it, in many ways, it sets, it charts the course. But it's not enough. You need to have these gatherings where you can flesh out Christian community. And there's a lot of ways to do that. Small groups can mean a lot of things. I think a small group would be a Sunday school class that yeah. sticks together. But you've got to have a community of believers, brothers and sisters, who are committed to each other, to love one another, bear with one another, show hospitality to one another, forgive one another, um, point each other to Christ, speak the truth and love to one another, etc. And if you don't have that, you do not have a New Testament church. I just mm. don't know how you... You can do that without smaller venues. And you see that in the early church. If you look at the the mother church of Jerusalem, they met in homes in smaller groups. <clears throat> they even celebrated communion. That's another topic. Uh, but, but they also gathered all together in worship in the temple courts. So they were able to assemble all together in a huge group. That, I mean, they were a mega church. It was a 2,000 plus believers gathered in the temple, but they would meet in homes for fellowship. And that's where it really really fleshed out the one another's, I think. And and even in Corinth, I think Corinth, you had smaller groups, but Paul used a phrase like when the whole church gathers, which suggests that it's not just small groups. It wasn't just small groups. Yeah. The whole group gathers together and they had a house big enough, apparently, where the whole church, the church was small enough, they could all gather in one house and, and worship together. So I think... You've got to figure out a way that you're going to live out the one another's. And that does require, the, and one of the phrases we steal that we say over and over again at Riverside is it's, it's everyday life with gospel intentionality. Mm. And what's hard is we're now living in like not so everyday life, right? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. the new normal is just, we don't even know what that is yet, mm-hmm. but we still have to do it with gospel intentionality. Right. I laugh when I think about every, you know, every beginning of every kind of new semester in our small group, we try to figure out the rhythms and how much time we spent figuring out what the rhythms were going to look like for this semester. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then to have it all get blown up mm-hmm. yeah. in the midst of this. And it's been hard. It's been hard. And, and to be honest, our small group has struggled to find a time that worked for everybody um, in this new in this new norm if you want to call it norm uh, it's been hard for us to find a moment when we can all gather and I was even texting and with with the leader of our small group yesterday about what are we what are we going to do because we need to be more intentional about being in each other's lives we have people in our small group right now who had their businesses have closed Uh, Another couple who both of them are facing potential furloughs and may lose all their income. Uh, We have uh, uh, two, three teachers in our small group. Um, who are whose lives have gotten you know of course flip I mean they're they have to work from home and while homeschooling their kids but trying to help parents of other of their 
class, you know, kids in their class who are now struggling to homeschool their kids yes. and try to help them. And so it's been a very tumultuous time for our small group. You know what you're what you're describing is you just could list off you know those people. Mm-hmm. You know who they are. I think that's the 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 brilliance of I guess the New Testament model, but kind of trying to follow that is it's really hard with a certain size to for everybody to know that kind of stuff about people. Yes. And I think you know, as I think about kind of the Riverside, the interesting thing about Riverside is, you know, some people come in look, looking for a Bible study. Some people come in looking for a friendship group. Some people come in looking for the place where you're going to be kind of on mission together. And what I love about our small groups is, as hard as it is, we're trying to do a lot of those things. We're trying to be in the Word together in prayer and one another's, trying to be on mission together. Uh, trying to kind of not only do that and kind of be a stagnant kind of dead sea pool where we just stick together forever, but that we are kind of developing and multiplying and growing. Um, and everybody brings their own baggage into that, their own philosophies into that. But um, I do think it uniquely sets us up to be a community that's able to be nimble and move and to know our people really well. And one of the things that I've been thankful to the Lord for in this is that in his providence, we've already been kind of kind of dealing with this. We've gotten bigger as a church. It's it's one thing when you've got five, six, seven small groups and kind of the leaders kind of know who they all are, but we've gone to 20 something small groups Mm -hmm. and we've this past year moved this kind of neighborhood model, trying to kind of recapture the five to seven small group feel in a smaller section of the church. Um, And I, I, I look at this and go, you know, Lord, you knew what you were doing. Like, like there's many reasons we went to that model. We've already discussed that in other family meetings and stuff. But, but in this, in this time, it's been really helpful as elders to have bite-sized chunks. Two or three guys can go, okay, l- listen, I can handle 60 members in seven small groups. That's something I can do as a lay elder rather than all the small groups or just the one. And that's one of the encouraging things for me is to see how God has kind of moved to this, this to the structure based on the historic philosophy that James was talking about um, that has primed us for a time as such as this. And I think one of the things I'm really encouraged about going towards the neighborhood model is um, our women in our neighborhood actually have started their own women's group. Wow. And, um, and, and it was so cool because it was one of the people in my small group that I was so surprised that she stepped up and said, hey, I'm just, we're going to go through Bonhoeffer's uh, life together. Oh, wow. And, great book. Hardcore, great, man. Yeah. Hardcore. And, Martyrdom. and she has about 20 women who are like, we're, they were consistent. Now, right. as we go towards the Zoom, we're still trying to figure out yeah. that. But she is... She's actually working towards making disciples and building relationships in the commu- in the neighborhood um, with the women that are already plugged into other small groups, and that wouldn't prop that probably wouldn't have happened as easy if we hadn't moved to that model. Yeah, yeah. And since we've already segued, let's let's talk about that more. What are some of the positive things you've seen besides that um, in this moment? Like, what are you seeing happening in our church and our community? And even uh, I honestly, I've been following some other churches. There's a church in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, that um, an Anglican church, where uh, one of the pastors, uh, Steve Wood, is a bishop over over the Anglican church in our area, mm-hmm. um, is 
has been in critical condition. He seems yeah. to be doing better, but it's been in critical condition in the hospital. So I started following their Facebook page mm-hmm. and I saw some of the cool things that they're doing. I want to talk about some of the positive things that we've seen um, in our church and maybe even in other churches that have that's happening right now and ways that people are drawing drawing in, into small group and into community together in this moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I was really encouraged by uh, some of the small group coaches in our Forest Acres neighborhood, Tony and Betsy Bell. Um, Riversiders from from way back. Many of y'all know who they are. Uh, before you know, we kind of put out, "Hey, we probably should use something like Zoom to gather virtually." They already had like this well crafted email. I mean, they use Zoom for their business, so they like they had it down and they had it out. And I even forwarded it to the elders saying, "Hey guys, if you want a template for what your small <laughs> groups are, look at the bells are doing." So that was that was uh, really encouraging. Um, I, I don't know about the other neighborhoods, but we've already kind of had a had a group me. Uh, for all of our leaders going. And so um, I've been able to try to engage them. And as I'm doing devotions, kind of say, hey, this is what I'm praying for you today. So I've been encouraged by some of the structures that we set up have already lent itself towards just naturally going, I need to now use this more than just we're going to plan a meeting. But now this is how I communicate encouragement to you. Yeah. I read an interesting article in Christianity Today about um, kind of Barn is the most recent survey of church, of pastors uh, during this the whole COVID-19 pandemic. <clears throat> and one of the things that came out was a lot of pastors that are in more traditional church settings where they don't have a smaller group structure are realizing they need a better structure to stay connected with their people than mm. Sunday morning. And they're seeing that now during the pandemic where you, you don't see anybody on a Sunday morning. Mm. And um, now older church models that had a parish system where elders were attached, which is kind of, of course, what our neighborhood model is based on is kind of a parish model. They had, they had that naturally. And that's what we're trying to implement is the shepherds of the church, the under shepherds are vitally connected to, to leaders who are in turn connected to all of our folks so that we know where everyone's at. We know how they're doing. And so that's been really encouraging to see, like you said earlier, Landon, that God's providence that as we've implemented this model, um, to see that we already had kind of our legs under us a little bit, not all the way, <laughs> but we had enough on that. Once this struck, I felt like we're in a way better position to, to shepherd and be accountable. Yeah. One of the things, um, the small group that we came out of, you know, that sent us out, we're still very connected to that small group. We have a North Main and Eau Claire small group kind of uh, group me. And what they did is they actually teamed up together to help buy gift cards for the nurses who are working in the hospitals um, just because they were thinking like, hey, these are people that we know we care about, we love and we want to make sure that they at least. You know, let's get them Starbucks or something, something simple. But at the same time, it was we wanted them to feel loved. Yeah. And that's that will only that only happens when, you know, not just your small group, but other small groups around. you. Mm-hmm. I, one, yeah. of, one of the cool things that happened last week, um, we're just going to give some shout outs tonight. Uh, we got a text from Kate Ray. Uh, Laura and I did and said, listen, I really want to support Into Coffee. Into Coffee is owned by one of our members, local business that we want to keep afloat. We love them. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, where we live is outside their delivery range. So some other people were lamenting that fact. She said, well, guess what? Give me your order and I'm going to go pick it all up and deliver it. And so that was really cool. We we're not in the same small group, <laughs> but we're in the same neighborhood. We yes. live a few streets over. Yes, great. And that was really cool. Like We supported a local business together and we got to drink some really good coffee, which mm-hmm. we serve on Sundays. 
Not in a live stream model. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we don't do it in the live stream. I do drink it on Sundays, though, yeah. because I drink it every day. Yeah. Enjoy your virtual coffee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, man. Yeah, so that that was encouraging. And, um, you know, it's been a little challenge for, for my family and I. We Like I think I already mentioned, we were, we were trying to do this new kind of missional small group model with another couple in the church. And um, it, we really hadn't gotten to do very much yet. And then this hit. Um, and we've struggled to try to get a get together with our schedules, even on Zoom. I was even talking uh, Jonathan Barbario. We were talking today and I'm like, well, I'm recording a podcast tonight and then we have a virtual family meeting and then I have an elder coaching meeting. And I said, you know what? I said, y'all live really close. Would y'all just um, when you go on a walk, you should like walk by our house, stand in the road. I'm like, yeah. Like, all right, we're going to be outside Saturday. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just crazy stuff that you never would have done before because you're like, well, we have to pick a time that works for everybody at this one person's house. It's like, well, the best we can do right now is you're going to walk by and we're going to speak from 10 feet apart in the road. So they're told, I, if you're listening to this, Jonathan, I told you to yet today. <laughs> I, I hope I hope you guys will come by Saturday. I really miss you guys and wish we could see you soon. <laughs> Yesterday, we were sitting on our couch. My wife was reading uh, some of the news bulletins from the school from Richland One Schools about what their expectations of homeschooling are essentially right now and I was reading about uh, one of my favorite singers who is uh, in critical condition right now, John Prine uh, praying for you buddy because I, I haven't seen you live yet and uh, mm. I want to see you live before so it's really just selfish yeah it's <laughs> super selfish super selfish selfish prayer we'll get there in a few weeks uh, I, want, I want him to pull through uh, but I, I was reading about him. And so I look out to my left uh, off the couch and through the front door of a house. And I, and I put a storm door on our house a couple weeks ago after this pandemic started, because I wanted to be able to open our front door mm. and have that storm door there so we could see the world and feel connected to the world. And last night it paid off in a big way because I look out to my left, the storm door, and there's Kayla Balderson jumping and waving her arms in the street, like, like a crazy crazy person. <laughs> and so as only Kayla, Kayla as you can imagine Kayla yes, being. Yes. And so I, I I opened up the front door and she's like, We've been standing out here waving at you guys for like several minutes and you guys are just playing on your phones. <laughs> Me and my wife. And so we went out into the yard and talked to them for mm. several minutes and uh, it was great. And, and, you know, the other night, James, I I, I was walking by your house and I uh, called you and said, what are you doing? And he came out uh, into the cul-de-sac and we talked for a long time uh, and the Baldersons were there and, and Stacy showed up and it, we had a great time hanging out. But for for me, yeah, I have to give a shout out to Kayla. She's the one that organized the birthday parade for Will. Yes. So shout out to Kayla for that. That was awesome. Well done. Slow clap. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She, yeah, which is phenomenal. So the, I've seen, uh, I've I've seen a change, and I mean, even like if I'd walked through your cul-de-sac a month ago or two months ago, I probably would have been like, I don't want to bother James, you know. But and you probably wouldn't have been home to be honest. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and this time you were because yeah. you're stuck at home, and mm-hmm. I was like, I am going to bother her because I want to see your face. Yeah. I, I'm, that's that's something I hope we get. Like I hope our longing for I want worship to reclaim comes this. back. Yes, I hope too that I love this description of community. Yeah, it's okay to invite yourself over to say, mm-hmm. "Hey, I'm nearby. What are you guys doing? Oh, we're having dinner. Cool. Is it okay if I stop by? Yeah, we'll throw another plate." 
It's also okay to say, now I'm having a date night with my wife, go away. <laughs> and no one's offended. You know, like, yeah. there's that kind of openness with each other. Yeah. And a freedom. You, you know, I was thinking about that. With our small groups, a lot of the issues, other than figuring out what to do with children, uh, we needed to disciple them in small groups. But it's kind of like, when can we meet? When can we do things? You know, it just dawned on me, this whole, we're meeting on Zoom. You know, if there's like a married couple, like they're different people and they their kids are, they can't come. Why can't one go and the other zoom in? Like, I mean, that's one of the things I'm taking away from this is like, there's a lot of creative things that we can do that maybe we should have been doing that we weren't, we weren't doing before. And I think yeah. that's one of the ones that you're mentioning, James, is kind of recapturing that uh, ability to be open to receive people mm-hmm. um, without having to kind of like plan it, schedule it and go, okay, I'm going to be on with community now. Okay, I'm going to be off with community now. Now I get we need that rest and re- and respite. And it comes down to being able to say, no, I actually can't do that right now. And it's okay because we're... We love, we love each other. We're in Christ, the one another's. Um, but in this model, I think most of us right now, maybe more of a honeymoon phase ish with the crisis. Yeah, we we kind of feel like, well, I want connection. So yeah, please come over because it's really easy to zoom with you right now. And yeah. in, in some way, of course, we don't want people to only be become virtual small group members. Of course, right. And the same thing we talked about in the last episode about being in corporate worship with each other is so important and we don't want people to go to just live streaming their services but the same is true of course with small groups we don't want people only to become virtual small group members but everyone's become more familiar with video conferencing <laughs> which <laughs> who is who knew great. what zoom was before this other yeah. business I, you know i'm one of the I, because i use it for business yeah. i am one of the few who actually yeah. knew what zoom was and i found myself teaching lots of people how to zoom <laughs> in the last few weeks Did which you is buy great stock I <laughs> know uh, I didn't I didn't know to buy stock in Zoom and I should wish I had. But I, I you know this has created uh, a lot of new opportunities and maybe created some comfortability for uh, for us in being virtually with each other. Like for instance my Bible study that meets every Friday morning. Um I've met with these guys for years and face to face at Enda Coffee <laughs> and now we've had to move to Zoom. And that's new and kind of different for us, but it's actually probably more convenient in some ways to just wake up and go downstairs and open my laptop. And then I'm there in the Bible study rather than driving 20 minutes across mm-hmm. town. Um, but, and so it, that sparked something in my mind a few days ago where I was like, I could easily do this more than one day a week now. Mm-hmm. If I, if it was virtual, I want to be face to face with my small group. Of course, I don't want to lose that, but there's also, this creates opportunities for me to be present and in the lives of other people, study the word with other people and be able to fit it into my schedule in a more convenient way. So uh, now I'm thinking, well, why, why couldn't I do this every day? In my, you know, not maybe not every day in my 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 quiet time, but instead of inviting other people in, hey, if you want to study the word every Wednesday morning, why don't we, mm-hmm. you know, we'll trade off. You 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 can do a, like a ten minute devotional, and I'll do a ten minute mm-hmm. devotional, and we can switch back and forth. And suddenly, the, it, it's like a whole new world has opened up. Yeah, and opportunities for us to be in the word together and to encourage each other and to pray for each other. Yeah, I think one of the things that we can learn from this is, is how to use the technology that's available to us more, more profitably for fellowship. But I think also too. Uh, kind of maybe on the other end of the spectrum is um, creating margin in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think one of the reasons why, um, you know, if you talk to, you know, it's great to talk to 
international students about, hey, what's your experience of America? You know what I always hear? It's really hard to meet with people. It's like they're busy three weeks out. That's weird globally. Like Americans are weird. Like we're hard to meet with. It's like, what are you, the president? Like why can't I (laughs) wait three weeks to meet with you? Um, And it's because we protect our time and we we also schedule ourselves to death. Yeah. Um, And I think one of my hopes is – We'll learn to create margin where it's like, yeah, I don't know. Just just stop by. Stop by tonight. It may be a little chaotic. That's okay. But you know what I mean? Like instead of us filling every available second, um, I think margin is absolutely critical to community. If you don't have margin, you cannot have community because you can't control community. You can't schedule community. You can't schedule. It's like trying to schedule quality time with your family. You can't do it. You can, you can schedule quantity time and plan for it, but quality time you can't produce. It's a function of quantity time. Well, that's one of the things we've always said, as much as it's hard to push against this, small group is not a meeting time once a week. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a main kind of galvanizing point that everybody tries to come and kind of see each other, but it really ought to be the launching point for deeper one another's and deeper community. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing about this time is that we have been given the gift of margin. Um, yes. Whether it just is, I'm not driving. I have 30 more minutes. I'm not driving 15 minutes and coming 15 minutes. We had an elder meeting the other night that ended, you know, kind of like it does late into the night. But at least I have to drive 20 minutes home. I could turn it off and, and go to bed. Um, I think one of the one of the things that I, I kind of wanted to, to throw out there was we've heard some encouraging things. Um, what, what do you think some of the challenges are in this? Uh, even the other night when we were reading scripture as elders, um, we took a couple of verses each and all read around and I was trying to pay attention, but there was a, something a little lost there. Yeah. So what do you think is like something we're losing that is a challenging in this? I've got one. It's, it's way easier for me to zone out. Yes. Um, and to check my phone surreptitiously when I'm not present <laughs> with other yeah. people. Like, yeah, it looks word. like, um, surreptitiously. <laughs> <laughs> surreptitiously. Yeah. Yeah. it's a big word for nine 30 at night, yeah. but, <laughs> it, but yeah, it's been, it's been, I've had to practice presence mm. in a way that I didn't, uh, that it was almost forced on me when I was face to face with people studying the word or being just even in a conversation. Now suddenly I'm in a group of four other or five other people on zoom and it's easy for me to zone out and be like, uh, yeah. and, and for people not to know that I'm zoning out. And I think yes. another thing is that's difficult is there is a lot of distraction during zoom. Cause you know, you're here in the background of everybody's home. So if you're trying not to be a distraction, you can mute your computer to go deal with everything else at the time. And you're like, Oh, well, I'm still present. Cause I'm listening. No, that's you're not being present, but the distractions are there and we have to be able to figure out how to navigate the distractions. Um, and yeah. cause it makes it difficult for us to even hear each other. Yeah. There's, um, I, uh, Stacey Lyons, I was talking about this. Like, we both hate, we hate Zoom. Like, we, in any format, like any video, it's almost as bad as a phone call. You know, like, I'll do a phone call, um, and, and, and phone calls are way, way better than emails, don't get me wrong, um, in terms of like being able to communicate effectively, hear tone, et cetera, et cetera. But Stacey, my wife, is a counselor, and she has to do this telephonic counseling now, and she's, it's a struggle. 
Because so much of counseling is being able to read body language mm. yeah. and see the whole person in the room. A, there's a feel. There's like your, your nervous system is responding to their nervous system. Do you know what I mean? That's not in a Zoom call. You lose like 90% of that's gone. Right. So there's so much loss. Yeah. And I think um, that makes it so hard to stay focused and stay present because I can't, I can feel like I can bow out. There's uh, 10 other people on the Zoom call. I'm not going to be missed. Of course, yeah. that's not true, but it's easier to believe that lie than when I'm physically present. I'm in the room. I can't just like, oh, like look at my phone while everyone else is talking. I can't They'll just see your scrolling. eyes yeah, yeah. going to the right yeah, of the yeah, screen. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the gift of presence becomes so much more difficult. But yeah. it's such an important part of small group is the gift of presence. Well, it's like we talked about in the last podcast. We know this isn't ideal. You know, and I, I, rat's blood. Yeah, r- rat's blood. <laughs> Listen to the last podcast to understand that reference, but rat's blood. Um, it's not ideal. Um, I, we're making do. Um, and what we're doing is we're doing a lot of, we're having a lot of connectivity, whether it be Zoom or text or all those kind of things. And in a way, I think we're kind of more off, it's more quantity, more quantity and often saying, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. But we are losing that real sense of presence. And so what I'm hoping during this time as well is that it creates kind of a longing in for us uh, to to be with each other and to say, you know what? I would much rather try to figure out how to get my kids there and it'd be crazy chaos and we can at least look each other in the eye and laugh together. Hug than each other. Hug each other. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean I mean maybe after this what we'll what we'll do is say, you know, hopefully we can get in the word, hopefully we can talk about how we're doing in our lives, but just being together sometimes mm-hmm. is really is really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, any more challenges you guys see in this time for our churches, you know, we are one church of many small groups. Um, I know some small groups have been meeting on Zoom, some haven't. Um, you know, one aspect is kind of the, the we talk about the, the word a little bit, studying in the word, praying on Zoom is really weird. It is. There's that. Yep. You can do it. You can do it. But and, and it gets community. easier, to be honest. Like, I can give you, encourage you guys as a, as a Zoom veteran. It gets easier. <laughs> it gets, to, easier. It gets easier to pray on Zoom, but uh-huh. it is weird. It's, a, it's, like, it's like learning a new language a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. And I think one of the concerns, too, that I think I'd ha- I have for our church family is you referenced earlier, Landon, the honeymoon phase, that mm-hmm. crisis hits, we all band together, and everyone's kind of heroically shouldering the load together, which is great in the, right, in the way it's supposed to work. But then there's kind of like that second, after the second peak, another valley. And I, and I think that can come up. That, and I, I, want to anticipate, I want to tell our congregation, don't be shocked if we get, because if we go through April and then we find out in May we have to continue this practice, that there's a fatigue that sets in that says, you know what, I don't want to do Zoom call. These are stupid. These are dumb. You know, I think it'll be easy for us to drop out. And mm-hmm. I think I just want to prep us for that temptation to say, we're going to grow tired of the rat's blood and be like, all right, this is, I just, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. What do you think? Um, we talked about this in the last episode about the essence of the corporate gathering. What do you think the essence of a small group gathering on Zoom is? We know that small group is not just a gathering, but when you are together on a video call, what is the essence? Is it studying the word, praying? Like, like in this time, what is kind of the essence you're, we're looking for? I, I believe it should be to stay connected to one another's, but also to kind of push each other to serve the one another's. Because um, there's a lot of people in our church right now who are being heavily affected. I can think about one right now in my small group where she's isolated. She's by herself in the house. Um, 
she hasn't seen anybody. She hasn't really had human interaction. So this is that's her chance to be like, oh, I can talk to people now. But we also need to kind of encourage each other. Maybe we should go by and check, not go in the house, but mm-hmm, check on mm-hmm, the person. Mm-hmm. Um, bring my milkshake. Yeah, bring a milkshake. Bring them. Yeah, <laughs> but, John Pruitt milkshakes for everybody. But I, I think milkshake the essence medicine. is to stay connected to one each other, but also to drive each other to, to be missional for each other. To love each other um, in ways that we weren't loving each other before. So it sounds like you're saying like we need to minister the word to each other for certain. But the Zoom calls right now in small groups isn't necessarily let's parse out every little bit of the text as like in a Bible study. But it's more of how can we as best we can be connected with each other in the word and in prayer for sure. But it's almost like like I agree. We kind of need that connectedness as best possible as is lame as it is video wise it's better than nothing and it may be an opportunity too to try different things and i mean our small group had kind of a set way that we did small group and now that got blown up Mm -hmm. and so now is an opportunity to try different things and go okay well you know our our schedule got messed up and who's leading and all that why don't we try this new format of doing small group together and instead of being an hour and a half it might be 30 minutes Mm -hmm. but maybe instead of one night a week it's three nights a week you know or whatever it is so just try new things and being present in new ways because there are opportunities that mm-hmm. technology creates, right? I can do it. We can do it um, with our kids in bed. Mm-hmm. That's an opportunity too for the adults to connect in a way that we haven't been able to before. Yeah. Um, now maybe there's we can bring the kids together and, and do you know something with the kids in the room too. And, and so just try new things. And if it doesn't work, fine. Try something else next time. But experiment. Yeah, and I I would like to just two things, and then I'll be done. Um, <laughs> I think this was referenced, I think earlier, uh, but Paul's longing that he expresses in the various letters, right. Philippians, Thessalonians, um, uh, you know, he wanted to see the Romans. He'd never seen them, but he knew a lot of people there. I mean, there's a longing for a physical presence that I think we should embody and communicate to each other in our small groups to say, I really miss you. Mm. Don't underestimate how powerful that phrase is with somebody. I really miss you. I I miss seeing you. Uh, The dangers of this time for true loneliness that will be debilitating spiritually and physically are very real. And I think we got to be really intentional to say, I long to see you. I long to be with Mm. you. I mean, Paul modeled that nearly every letter. I just can't wait to see you guys. There was an energy. And think of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is more intimate with us than anyone because he's spiritually reunited to him. Mm -hmm. Um, We're closer to him, as Martin Luther said, than a boy is sitting on his father's lap. We're very close. And yet Jesus could say at the Lord's Supper, I can't wait till I can eat this with you in the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. There's a physical reunion coming that we ought to communicate to each other. And I want to encourage our small group leaders and members to really just... Be intentional to pursue others in their, lo- in their inevitable loneliness. Whether they're single or married, people are going to be lonely. And we communicate that. I love you. I miss you. It's so funny that you yeah. said that. I, this conversation made me really miss my small group. I just picked up my phone a minute ago and texted my small group. I really miss you guys. <laughs> and I even miss your kids. That's awesome. <clears throat> so you're partially present here. Is yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> yes. I, I think, I think this is a, a time of great challenge and a time where I think after the honeymoon phase, people could kind of slip on, but I think it's a great time of ingenuity and creativity. 
and to kind of to say what 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 is a small group? Is it two hours on a Wednesday night looking at a Bible text and then we all kind of say how we're doing and we pray for each other and we go home and we don't really talk the rest of the week? I don't think that's it. I think this is a time where I, the kind of challenge I would issue is do whatever it takes to be deeply connected in the spirit, as Paul would say. I've heard of one small group that's just the guys and the girls meeting. I think at the end of the day, it's not a template. We're not looking like keep your same. We just as we were talking about the the live stream, we've had to pivot and shift and go. What is the essence of this? I think every small group Riverside to say, who are we and what do we do and why do we do it? Whether it be three nights a week or every other week, who knows what it is? But get very very creative in it to to answer that question. What are we doing? Why are we doing it? How do we do it in this time? Um, yeah, I think that would be the thing to do. I, you know, with just one other couple on a missional group, we're going to meet in the road and uh, maybe invite my neighbor to come up and talk with us. That's what we're going to try to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a great photo the other day of um, it wasn't it wasn't church related or small group related at all. But a guy, um, a, a kid took a picture of his dad out in the cul-de-sac with three or four other guys from the neighborhood standing, you know, 10 feet apart, just hanging out in the cul-de-sac and talking. And to me, it was like, OK. Like you do what you can, like you do, you, what, you know, connect with people, whatever way you can. And I think that that right now, um, is maybe over zoom or calling or texting. Our small group was already like professional textures. Um, so this is like almost not that much of a change for us, except that we're not meeting face to face, but we're, we're more connected through text than ever right now and that's just our way of communicating everything every small group has its own culture so now's the time to kind of establish that and and maybe experiment with that and say well what you know maybe when we come back together some of this we want to keep we want to continue to do some maybe zoom bible study meetings on you know at seven o'clock in the morning you know two two days a week or something we don't it, it, this creates opportunities too. And so there are struggles, but there are opportunities and let's take advantage of that. Try new things in this moment. We will be able to come back together. I fully believe that. I hope you guys do too. We will be able to come back together and be a small group and be face to face and enjoy each other's presence. Yeah. But right now we have to do what we can. And, um, let's pray for the day that we get to be in each other's homes again, face to face in each other's lives. Yeah. Majesty proclaim.